Apple has a new laptop. What's great about it? Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference is coming soon. We'll talk about these and more on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Michael Simon. Hello. And Leif Johnson. Hello. So that much-awaited 13-inch MacBook Pro, it finally dropped. On a, on a weird Monday morning, <laughs> which is very uncharacteristic for Apple's. Yes. I mean, they've been all over the place during this, 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 you know, everyone's changing everything. But Monday, I can't remember the last time Apple released anything on a Monday that wasn't like a WWDC keynote or, or way back when the macro keynotes. Those are always on Mondays. But the, just a random product announcement on a Monday is, is very weird. Uh, for people who don't follow as closely as we do, because you got lives. <laughs> well, Apple, they are listening to this podcast. <laughs> right. Well, you're listening to this podcast. What does that say about you? But um, uh, Apple tends to drop news like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. Maybe a Thursday, but usually never a Monday or a Friday. Yeah, t- t- Tuesday and Wednesdays, that's their... That's their days. Yeah. To drop on a Monday was really kind of unexpected. But hey, you know, as when uh, Apple informed me of the news, I kind of said, are the days any different anymore? Yeah, they all kind of blur yeah. as one. Yeah, <laughs> weekends are not really weekends. <laughs> and yeah, nothing, nothing matters anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Thanks for listening. Taco, Taco Tuesday is, is, is every day. <laughs> But yeah, so the 13-inch new MacBook Pro. So maybe the most important feature of this new laptop is the keyboard. This marks the end of the butterfly keyboard in Apple's lineup. Yeah, nothing, unless you buy an old one, a refurb or something that's discounted. Yeah. Um, Apple's not selling them anymore. This keyboard is the magic keyboard that made its debut in the 16-inch MacBook Pro back in, was that November? October, so. late, late October, early November, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it made its way to the MacBook Air, which was released about a little over a month ago. Yeah. And now it's in the 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro. It's a softer, not as noisy keyboard. Uh, I like it a lot better than the previous yeah. keyboard. Even if you didn't have issues with the stuck keys which i don't have on my i have the 13 inch macbook pro that uh, from 2016 the first one with the touch bar and um i i actually haven't had any of the issues that people wrote about with stuck keys and and things that won't work but i do not like the keyboard it's loud and it is loud the, 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 the travel is terrible it's not comfortable and um, yeah, when I used that 16 inch one, uh, what was it? It feels like seven years ago, but it was probably two months ago at this point. Uh, it was an, um, just a noticeable change, way more than that membrane that they added to the prior 15 inch keyboard. It's nice. And we can pretend that the butterfly never, <laughs> never happened. <laughs> Let's just erase that, that portion of, of Apple's, of Apple's <laughs> laptop tenure. <laughs> It debuted in 2016, that butterfly keyboard. So four years, that was kind of just lost. Yeah. God, it yeah, I mean, you know, and, uh, Apple said it, and it's there's some truth to it, that most people didn't care or notice. Yeah. But 
they will notice the difference when if they mm-hmm. switch from the old one yeah. to the new one because it's just it's better. It's better all around. Yeah. So there are four 13-inch MacBook Pros, two of which didn't really get upgraded, and that's the the two entry-level yeah. models. Yeah, same uh, processor. Same, yeah, it has same this- same uh, same a lot of stuff. It has yeah. more storage, better keyboard. And the RAM is the same, I believe, 8 and 16. The processor update appears in the two higher-end models, the 1799 and the 1999 models. It comes with a 2 gig- gigahertz quad-core 10th generation tenth gen. That's the Core i5. The, the lower yeah. models have 8th gen, which is pretty old at this point. Yeah. The 1799 model comes with 512 gigabyte SSD. The 1999 model is a one terabyte SSD. And um, another big change is that the standard configurations for those two models now comes with 16 gigabytes of RAM instead of just eight. Right, so you're getting a lot more for the same money yeah. on, those, on those models. Better processor, twice as much RAM, twice as much storage for the same 18, uh, 1799 and 1999, which that's, you know, that's, that's good. Yeah. And the, 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 those low end models though are just not worth buying. Right. They're too expensive and you're basically getting outdated tech, even though they, they did double the storage on the low end. So it's 256, which is nice, but that processor is, you know, it's old. I would recommend if you want one, that $1,800 one is perfect. Yeah, it's still a little, a little too high. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to sixteen hundred, <laughs> maybe fifteen, if you really want to be generous. But um, spend the extra money if you want a thirteen-inch MacBook Pro. Don't even waste your time with those two lower-end configurations. I mean, how does it compare with the MacBook Air? And yeah, well, you did, you did review um, last year's MacBook Pro. I haven't looked at the entry-level. MacBook Pro against the current MacBook Air. That's what I wanted okay. to say. <laughs> uh, well, but you did a I spec mean, comparison. Yeah, I did a spec comparison. And, and I also, I looked at your review for the MacBook Pro last year and Jason's review of the MacBook Air this year. Yeah. And just drawing conclusions off of that, the 10th gen processor, the two gig 10th gen processor is, it's, it's, a, it's enough of a leap in processing power where your extra $500 or whatever you're gonna be spending, four and $500, it w- will be worth it. Plus you get the extra RAM and you get the extra storage. And it's just, it's, it's worth it to spend the extra money on that than it would be to get the 1299 uh, MacBook Pro, I think. Well, you also get, in the, the separation between the lower end and the high end MacBook Pros you get two more thunderbolt ports yes that's true yeah, yeah. that is a really and, important. and they're on the other side which is it seems <laughs> silly but it's nice it's you know you, <laughs> to have two on one side is annoying sometimes sometimes you just want something on the right side yeah so they uh, uh the uh, the upper models have four and there's two on each side and the uh graphics is different they, they upgraded the graphics on the higher end models uh, yeah. It's still integrated graphics on the MacBook Pro 13. Yeah, it, it's the Iris graphics versus the Iris graphics 645 or something. I'm, yeah. I'm not 100% sure of all the difference between them, but Apple says it's like 80% better than it was. And yeah. other, other benchmarks bear that out. 
where the graphics is definitely improved. Listen, you're still not going to be playing, you know, super duper high end games on these things, but it is better. And, you know, I just don't, I don't get what I don't understand about Apple sometimes is so we have the MacBook Air, which is 999 with a 10th gen processor. Then we have the MacBook Pro, which is 1299 with an eighth gen processor. And I just, I don't yeah. understand. And you know, most <laughs> people don't look at those things. Like they don't know, they don't, and I'm not saying that Apple is being malicious by any stretch. I just don't understand the, 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 the reasoning there. Like, just don't, like, why, why do you even need to sell it at that point? Drop the price of the, uh, what are we talking about here? The $1,800 model, drop it down to 1600 or 1700 and start there. Then you have the MacBook Air that goes to 15 and you have the MacBook Pro that starts at 17 or 18. And I think that's fine. But they're offering these, these lower end models that just add confusion. The MacBook Air is a really good machine. It has a 10-10 processor, the same, basically the same screen as the Pro, same keyboard, you know, a good amount of RAM and storage. And you know, most people who want a small laptop who aren't super high-end professionals, they'll be very happy with it. But that 13-inch, that low-end 13-inch MacBook Pro just muddies the field. It is kind of confusing. Unnecessarily so. Yeah. Especially when they're so, they're so smart at the, at, on iOS, the iPhone, the iPad. Like there are clear, obvious differences in price and performance and everything. There, there's not a lot of confusion there. Yeah. But when it comes to the Mac, they're always doing this. Or, or they're introducing a new model for $100 less that does less and more and this and this. I remember the MacBook Air and the MacBook. Like it was like you, you had to like be like a, a forensic scientist to figure out which one to buy. <laughs> Since we're all along the lines of trying to figure out what Apple's thinking, maybe we can bring in the rumors of the ARM-based Mac yeah. that's coming up. And maybe that has something to do with maybe. it. Maybe. Maybe they're trying to... Uh, they're leaving room for that machine at that mid range between the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, and yeah. gonna, that's going to replace the 1299 model, possibly, uh, because we didn't get a lot of what we thought we were going to get with this new MacBook, mm-hmm. uh, ma- mainly right. the 14-inch screen to match yeah. the 16-inch screen that replaced the 15-inch yeah. screen. Yeah. <laughs> So it's this, it's it's the, the the design and the screen stay the same, and there have been uh, many rumors that Apple was going to upgrade that to a 14-inch screen. So I have to assume those came from somewhere, and there is a 14-inch model floating around somewhere at um, Apple Park. My theory is that this is one of two things: one that they're they're save, they decided to save that change for this ARM-based laptop. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm going yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Help differentiate it even more. The other... It's going to have thin bezels. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. Thin bezels, yeah. the new processor, everything. Uh, better, maybe a better camera. How about that? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one. Right. <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. Uh, the other theory I had was maybe there's a heating issue in terms of powering a screen that's effectively bigger in that smaller I mean, form factor? possible, but we're I don't, talking about... <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm speculating. Inch. Totally making yeah. stuff up, so... I mean, listen, no one's going to notice they're 13 to 14. It's not a huge difference, but, you know, the, the skinny bezels on that 16-inch are very nice, and you look at the, the, four, the 13 next to it, and it's just like, man, if that was a 14-inch, it would look so much better. We'll give you an idea, like on the iPad, uh, the iPad Air... 
you know, is the same size as the 10.2 inch iPad these days, but it, it has a uh, thinner bezels. And trust me, if you're writing For sure. or anything like that, you feel that difference with the, that, that, extra, that tiny little extra bit of screen space is, is definitely preferable. And, and you can extrapolate that to the iPhone 11 versus the iPhone 11 pro, like any, yeah. any reduction in bezel is it creates a better visual and user experience i think yeah. yeah when i go between the 16 inch macbook pro and then my iphone 11 pro max and then i open up you know a 13 inch macbook pro with the thicker bezels it does feel it feels dated look at look at roman name dropping all over the place <laughs> Maybe it's part of a bigger change that's coming. Maybe so. I mean, I think this is what we're good. This is it for the rest of the year, probably. Yeah. Unless there's a, a, a minor spec bump in November. But with the state of things, Apple is not going to blow up its MacBook line. while yeah, I agree. On. So yeah. we're, this is it. This is it for until, you know, probably this time next year. Yeah. Yeah, 2021 is when we'll see all the yeah. interesting. So you don't think we'll have an update later this year with, an update that just implements a new FaceTime camera. I mean, I think yeah, I wanted to come back to that. So. I think they keep forgetting there is even is a camera on the back. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know, with the with this pandemic and everything, it gets you know all of a sudden it's a feature that everybody's kind of yeah, uh, yeah. recognized. <laughs> In fact, uh, Mark Mark Hackman this this morning wrote a feature for us uh, for a PC World on um, the new Surface laptop. And he talked about the, the camera and how Microsoft put a five megapixel 1080p camera in there and it's, it's head and shoulders above most of its competitors. And yeah, I do think it is something that people will be noticing more and more yeah. because of what's going on right now. Yeah. In fact, when we started this call, I forgot to turn on my, my, my camera and it was the Mac camera. And I said, <laughs> what the hell happened to my camera? <laughs> It was all grainy and, you know, and then I hit the button and, oh, that was so much better. I mean, I don't get it. They have it. It's not like they don't have the parts. They just don't want to put yes. them in the back. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the bigger thing. But we've had a 720p FaceTime camera forever. Oh, my God. How many years has it been? How many generations well, so, has it been? I mean, yeah. Well, this, this is the thing. I'm going to say that Apple was the company that, with FaceTime, made video Sure. The idea of video conferencing right. is kind of a popular thing. And it's yeah. another case, one of these cases where they get the ball rolling and then they just, it, like voice assistants, where, and then they decide Very. to get behind everybody else. It's like, I mean, you can even say FaceTime itself. Yeah. I mean, I use it for, like, when um, on, on weekends I play games, like board games with my family, and yeah. everyone has iPhones except me. Um, we use my wife's phone and, and everyone in our family has, we use group FaceTime and man, it is annoying <laughs> as all hell. I don't know. I don't know how often you guys use it, but the interface is terrible. Like boxes are flying all over the place and going larger and smaller. And yeah. it's like, what the hell is Who designed this thing? It looks cool. Uh, Nobody in their right mind would use it for anything other than social interaction. And even then it's best one-on-one. -on -one. It's great one-on-one. -on -one. But as soon as you have multiple stuff, you know, Zoom and Google Meet are so much are head and shoulders and so far, as far superior. And Apple sells a billion damn products. Like it doesn't, they don't need to be out of the loop in this. Yes. But they do things. They, I don't know if it's a focus thing or I don't know if it's a resting on its laurels things, but you're right. Like this happens a lot where they set the tone 
someone comes along and does it better and they never really catch up or even really show much of an interest in catching up at all. Exactly. That's the thing. It's just like, they just cease to care. Yeah. yeah. I mean, FaceTime is great. I use it every, every week to call my, my, uh, my parents call my son and us to talk to him. And it's, I'm sure you guys have similar experiences with your relatives and friends. It's fantastic. I mean, one-on-one it's great, but Apple just, they didn't care to do anything beyond that. And the camera on the Mac is terrible. That's my final <laughs> thoughts on that. I think uh, Apple revealed in a beta, OS beta, that uh, they're going to change that whole FaceTime zooming. Oh, did they? Good. Yeah, because the theory is that they started using it in-house because you know, everyone's <laughs> working remotely and then it was driving them crazy. Yeah, oh, seriously. I mean, to, it, I can't even imagine what it would be like in, in, in an office setting. <laughs> It is yeah. just like it, yeah. it is the most distracting, uh, 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 visually uh, screwy thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Another thing they changed on the keyboard is the uh, the arrow keys are back to that inverted T, which is nice. So you can kind of feel where they start and end. Oh, cool! That's nice. Yeah, I mean, and then also the the dedicated escape and uh, touch ID keys. Correct. That's a good one. That's a big yeah. change. Yeah, the. That Escape them. Um, is that on that one? Yes, I guess so. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. <laughs> okay, it better. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that makes the touch bar a little bit more palatable. Like that. Yeah, I've actually grown to kind of not hate it as much as I once did. I don't really use it as much as Apple wants me to, but yeah. um, I don't, I don't. I don't despise it. Like when I first got it, I was like, oh, this is horrible. But I do, you know, like I'll raise the volume and I'll take a screenshot and I'll do, you know, the things that I would do the, I, I do the things that I would use those function keys for. Right. But it's not as terrible as, um, like, I guess because my muscle memory over, over the last two years, I've, I've gotten used to it more. Well, see, I never thought it was actually terrible, but th- that escape key needed to be there. That That was the annoying thing. And it was, and another, the, the other thing I don't like about it is that uh, because when I would play games on my Mac, which is rare, is if a lot of games have actions tied to the function keys, and those tend to disappear uh, <laughs> when, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that is highly annoying. I could yeah, totally so, see that. Yeah, yeah. But so I mean, at least I, they give you some. You know, you, like you can customize it. Yeah, you can make it just state of function keys, which incidentally was what I did with my. <laughs> So if you want more information on the new laptop, uh, go to macworld.com. Mike has a comparison with the current MacBook Air. He also has an article that points out the new features and some things that they didn't do, but check that all out on macworld.com. So Apple announced earlier this week that its Worldwide Developers Conference is going to happen online beginning on June 22nd. The cool thing about making it online is now it can be open to just about any developer that wants to go. In the past, attendance was restricted because it's simply capacity. And also it's pricey. But now if you want to go and you're a developer, you can go. Um, We don't know yet like what the breadth of the classes are going to be, if they're going to be similarly, you know, it was a packed schedule yeah before so and we also don't know what or when or where or how this keynote is going to take place either yeah i assume there will be one they haven't quite announced that just yet if you go to the 
developer app in iOS, it says that more details will be released in June. Yep. And I'm assuming that will include details on the keynote. Yeah. I'm, Feels I'm, like I'm they assuming. have to have something. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, if they dump a whole bunch of iOS and macOS news at once, you know, that's really hard to digest. Like, you know, those, those keynotes are helpful for both developers and, you know, journalists like us, where it kind of hits on the high points, gives you a little context, makes it all very easy to kind of, um, um, you know, understand and digest. And then you can dive into the press releases and the stuff on the website. Yeah. If, if something of that magnitude to release all at once, man, that's going to be just like my eyes are going to go, go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll probably see, you know, betas of the next OSs. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's definitely, we're going to see that. Yeah. That's 100%. That's what the developer conference is all about. Yeah. Apple watch, Apple TV and the other two. What are they called? Yeah. Oh, iOS and iPadOS. <laughs> those two. But in terms of hardware, you know, we, we've already got the Mac. Yeah, Pro. there's not a lot left. We've already got the MacBook Air. I mean, the only thing left is the desktop stuff. Which, you know, the Mac Pro, I, I doubt it. That's only been out for six months, yeah. technically. The iMac, maybe. You know, it's been a while since we saw right. any meaningful iMac stuff. It doesn't really seem like a WWDC thing. What do you think we'll see those headphones? Maybe. You know, they did Apple Music at the at WWDC way back when that launched. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Who knows? I yeah. mean, I don't I don't know what, you know, WWDC even looks like as far as like, do they still do the Tim Cook, Craig Federici, Phil Schiller thing? Or is it um, much more informal? Is it just a bunch of videos that they, they put up to? I mean, who knows? Is it even live? Like, you know. Yeah, that, there's, there's a lot of questions. Not yeah. gonna get the audience uh, applause track. Yeah, right. They're gonna have to get some kind of feedback. I can't. <laughs> what's what's Craig Federighi gonna do when he when he makes jokes and no one laughs? <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Apple also, also, why is it? I wonder why it's so late in the month. Yeah, it's been like a mainstay June like third through sixth for for years now. I think they're probably still just trying to figure out what to do with it. And they want to allow themselves more time. It could be something as simple as that. Sure. Along with the WWDC announcement, Apple announced the Swift student challenge. This is for, you know, students who are hoping to become software developers. uh, And it's basically a program that you can get into and, learn how to use Swift Playgrounds, and they do showcase the top apps that are created. And if if you are a winner, you get a WWDC 20 jacket and pin set. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if you're interested in that, go to apple.com, check out their newsroom and look at the press release. They actually have a link to the Swift Student Challenge. And Apple also recently announced their second quarter financial results. As expected, it was affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, They announced quarterly revenue of $58.3 billion. Such a a hard, hard times Apple has fallen on. (laughs) How are they ever going to get through this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess 
some of the interesting things that came out from besides the money i mean what were they projected to make something like 69 billion or something their initial uh, originally yeah yeah they All took right. a bit of a hit so they took a bit of a hit and you know, I mean, we're talking billions. So, I mean, but they still it still about. grew year over year because last quarter, yeah. last year's second quarter was a little low for Apple. That was back when everyone said the iPhone was was dead. Yeah, and you know everything was slipping. So that you know they 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 sell products, and when people aren't buying those products, is a problem. But what what they have done well is really kind of amp up the uh, the wearables end of things. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that made up for a lot of the shortfall in the high-end iPads and the iPhone and other, and other even high-end Macs. Like, based on what I, you know, they don't break it down those numbers anymore as far as what units they sold. But mm-hmm. iPad went down about 10%, Mac went down a few percent, iPhone was down about 7.5%. And my guess is those are all the upper models that they're no longer selling because that's 7%, that's, that's revenue. So when you sell an iPhone 11 Pro Max or an iPad Pro, your that number goes up a lot higher than if you sell uh, iPhone SE or one of the lower right. ones. And my guess is that shift or that breakdown, whatever you want to call it, is heavily skewed toward lower and iPad. I think they're still saying selling a lot of iPads. They're just selling iPads, not iPad Pro. Right. Yeah. It really shows how well Apple shifts lately have been paying off because of the shift to services shift you know shift the wearables they you know i don't think they planned this but having their mass, massive cash pile as well they they were in a really strong position to look mm-hmm. at this and we've been seeing how a lot of other companies were not prepared for it but uh, you know it, a lot of it was rainy day money and here's the rainy day so you know and also the the actions were meant to shore up that type of things like that like switching into services and stuff and so I'm really impressed by how well it's paid off in a way that they probably didn't even foresee. Yeah, I don't think they necessarily prepared for this, but I, they were definitely preparing for less of a focus on hardware and particularly the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, <laughs> it accelerated quite a bit. <laughs> but they, um, you know, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was watching, what was it? Oh, uh, the, uh, the Food Network has a, has a kitchen app and they do live streaming from, you know, like Bobby Flay's thousand things. They do recipes and every single chef is wearing AirPods. It's amazing. Peloton, I have a Peloton, mm. I do uh, biking and they started doing also streaming from these, you know, the instructor's homes cause they can't go to the studio anymore. Again, all AirPods. And I'm just thinking, man, how many of these things are they selling? It's just, it's, it's, it's remarkable. There's a lot more in wearables that we haven't even, they just they haven't scratched the surface yet. But the quarter was, you know, it was, it was fine. You know, they, they didn't, um, they didn't necessarily do poorly. The, the most troubling thing is that they didn't issue any sort of guidance on um, yeah. the third quarter, which speaks to their, just their utter, utter uncertain, un- uncertainty with our country and the rest of the world and what happens going forward. But, um, you know, for the most part, they're weathering the storm as well as they can. And, you know, they're making a lot of money. Exactly. I was going to say, where well, the situation is going to get more dire the longer this goes on. Just, yeah. You know, more people if, are going to lose jobs and that's less money being spent. Right. That's, yeah. yeah. So it's scary. It is scary. And Apple is doing a lot 
to help. You know, they've donated a lot of both um, equipment and time and resources and, of course, money. And, you know, <laughs> I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I was like, you know, if, if not for the tech companies, where would we be right now? Right. I mean, they have done, it's not just Apple, it's Google, it's Microsoft, and it's a lot of little companies as well have stepped up remarkably to make yeah. masks and to ship for, uh, production equipment and to donate time and, and to help people get food deliveries and everything else. And, you know, the, the tech industry, Silicon Valley and everything else has really done a lot to, you know, really help people who are struggling during this time. And it's, it's, it's been awesome to see as a tech journalist. Yeah. I didn't, I'm not, didn't think the statement through very well, but I'm going to say that I think it is because of the tech companies that we were even allowed to do this right now. This would be a different case if it was yeah. like 80 years ago or something like sure. that, or, you know, it, life would still very much reflect, like, it, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this studies of how San Francisco, uh, you know, handled the 1918 epidemic. It was like, you couldn't really shelter in place. You still had. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't just. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't really. I mean, you know, the uh, the 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 world, the country. I mean, yeah. thing, things were different. We we would have had to do this with you know a couple of tin cans and a string. Exactly. <laughs> Back in night Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, honestly, qu quarantining or whatever you want to call it, sheltering in your home, it's it ain't so bad these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we have a lot of things to entertain us. Well, that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 697. I want to thank Michael Simon. Thank you, Roman. Thanks to Leif Johnson. Thank you. Thanks to the audience for tuning in. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes through SoundCloud or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next time. Hey, why the hell does this stupid company put a light on the front of their microphone? So when I talk into it, it makes my... <laughs> I don't know. Like, why is it, like, this is one of the best microphones that people, you know, it's cheap and it's good. But why the hell is there a red line on it? <laughs> what a weird design choice. <laughs> well, I guess maybe they weren't thinking that people would be on video with that microphone. So I guess. I guess. It's a pretty common thing now. Yeah, it should put it under put it at the bottom, yeah. Or not at all. I mean what the hell do we need a light for? But <laughs> <laughs>